morning. We get to do some baptisms today. I'm excited about baptisms. Yes, you can applaud for that. That is fantastic. So if you have your Bibles and you'd like to open them with me, I'll be in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 to kind of explain uh, baptisms. Baptism. Every time I do a baptism, and I say this every time I do baptisms, every time I do baptisms, I'm amazed at how strange it is and how strange it must look to someone who has never seen it or never, you know, experienced it. So here's what's going to happen in a little bit. We have this specially made tank, and these kids are going to talk about what God has done in their lives, and then they are willingly going to walk up these steps and get into the nice warm water, and then I'm going to grab them by the face and dunk them, and you're all going to cheer like there's no tomorrow. And I just have to say, that's odd. Every time I think about it, I think about how strange it is. But we still do it. I mean, this is an ancient, ancient um, practice that the church has been doing for 2,000-some years. Why are we still baptizing people? Why isn't this just one of those things that the church has let go over the years? Well, let's talk about that. So I just want you to have the picture in mind of what I'm picturing when I read this passage. I think what the, picture, what the passage is pointing to. And so here's, here's the picture that, that Paul, the Apostle Paul has in mind when he's writing this. There's the old you that dies with Christ, that is buried with Christ, and that is raised with Christ into the resurrected body of Christ. So let me read it. Here we are in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Okay, so you're entering into the middle of a letter. Here we are in Romans chapter 6. I mean, there's stuff that came before this. There's stuff that will come after this. There's stuff that was going on at the church at the time. And the Apostle Paul knows about the arguments that people are going to have about this. And he knows the, question, the kind of questions they're going to ask based on what he's just written them in chapter 5. So let me show you. So he says, what should we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Okay, so in chapter 5, he's explained that we are sinners. So because we have all sinned, we've all racked up sin debt, sin debt that we can never repay. We've all racked up Sins in a way that has to be punished. And in punished with death, the wages of sin is death. Like we all deserve death because we all have sins that must be punished. We all have debts that must be paid. We're all under the curse and the curse is death. He says, we're, it's all of us. We've all sinned and we all deserve death. But he says, but God's grace is bigger and stronger and better than all of our sin. And so the people are like, well, if that's true, if God's grace really is 
bigger and better and stronger than all of our sin, then why don't we just keep on sinning? Maybe I'm really good at sinning, and maybe God is really good at forgiving, so how about I keep sinning and God keeps forgiving? And the Apostle Paul says, okay, let's talk about that. So should we keep on sinning so that God can keep on forgiving? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Is that really how it works? This is his answer to that, and it has to do with baptism. Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? This is as close as the Apostle Paul comes to swearing. (laughs) By no means, please no. Let's... uh, mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe one of those would be the best translation of that word. So because God and his grace are bigger and stronger and better than all of our sin, why shouldn't we just keep on sinning? Well, this is the answer. How can we, all right, so the we, those of us, who are part of the resurrected body of Christ, those of us that are in Christ Jesus, how can we, who died to sin, still live in it? So so this is the picture. When you go under the water, it's a picture of your death to sin. It's like, you die. Later on, he'll say, you were crucified with Christ. The old you is dead. Why not keep on sinning? Because you died to that. How can we, who died to sin, still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been... Hey, hey, wait, stop. Is that you active language or is that God active language? I have it so broken up you can't even tell. But... Just to give you context, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized, that's God active language. That's what God has done to us. Otherwise, it would say, all of you that self-baptized, all of you that baptized your own selves, that's not what it says. This is God active language. All of you that have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Like, don't you know? He's saying... So their question is, why don't we just keep on sinning because we're good at sinning and God's good at forgiving. Why don't we just keep sinning? He says, don't you know that all of you who have been baptized, who's received this helpful picture of baptism, don't you know that you died to that, that you are dead to that, that you're not going back to that? And he says, going to say, and you've been raised to newness of life. So why would you go back to that? So we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Okay, so this is what baptism is a picture of. And the first thing to know is baptism is a picture. So, I'm going to baptize Ezra and Asher, my two kids. I would never do this to the Bittner kids, but might be tempted to do this to my two kids. They're like, Dad, I don't want to be baptized. Of course, Ezra's voice is deep now, so it would be like, Dad, I don't want to be baptized. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, you're going to get baptized. And I'd go down there and I'd grab him, put him in a headlock, and Asher is in a headlock. and say, I'm going to baptize you. No, Dad, no, we don't want to be baptized. 
be quiet. I didn't say shut up because I'm Baptist. And I drag them up the steps of the baptism, and they're like fighting me. No, no, I don't want to be baptized. I'm like, you're going to be baptized. And we jump around, and we do and we baptize them. That do any good? No, no, that wouldn't do any good. It would make a big mess. My laptop would get wet. You know, it would be a, it wouldn't, wouldn't help anything. So, so like, you can't make somebody get baptized. It doesn't do any good if you just get baptized because someone's pressuring you to, because someone's making you, or because you feel guilty, and so I guess maybe I, it, like, no, no, no. Baptism is, is a picture. It's an outward sign of what God has already done in you. Okay? So baptism pictures, number one, death to sin. This, this is just saying, just, this is just saying, this is what I believe is true. I believe that I died with Christ to my sins. I died with Christ. So all those, all those sins that I sinned that deserve punishment, he took the punishment for those. So I don't need to punish myself. All that sin debt I racked up, he paid. So I don't have to try to pay it back. The curse that I deserve because I sinned, he bore in my place so that I could have eternal life. This is saying that you don't have to live with a bad old guilt anymore because he paid it. It's saying... It's saying that you don't have to go back to those same old sins. You know the Proverbs say that like a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. That's quite a picture. What's attractive about dog vomit? I don't know, but the dogs sure do find it attractive. <laughs> What's attractive about sin? I don't know, but we sure find it attractive. And what you have to remember is that we have died to that. I'm not going back to that. I'm dead to that. Baptism. When you get baptized, what you're saying is, I am acknowledging that I died with Christ. And I am not going back to that bad old way of life again. I'm done with it. By God's grace. Okay, so baptism is a picture of our death to sin. Baptism is a picture of newness of life, being raised to newness of life. So this means, this is not just saying, don't do the bad stuff anymore. Now it's saying, you've been raised to good stuff. It's not saying just, don't do the wrong stuff anymore. It means you've been raised to the right stuff. It, it means that you're no longer alone, dead in your sins. It means You've been raised to newness of life, and you are part of the resurrected body of Christ. So it's not just about stop doing all this bad stuff. It's you've been raised to newness of life, so serve God with your whole life. He's given you eternal life, so give him all of yours. Baptism pictures our death to sin. I mean, it's not magic. It's, it's just water. 
but it's an important picture. It pictures our death to sin, our resurrection to newness of life. And here's the best part. This is, to me, this is just the best part. Because I, I don't know if you've gotten there yet, but I've been at times when I, I knew that sin was bigger than me and stronger than me and could make me do whatever it wanted me to do. This passage gave me hope. You know why? Because me living in newness of life is not about my willpower, but it's about the power of God. This is the God active language that you saw as we read. You have been baptized. It's not about you doing it to your own self. It's about what God has already done for you and in you. This is why the, we get the picture right when, and I, I, I'm always humbled that I get to baptize people. It, it was just, it's so special and awesome that I get to do that. But we don't self-baptize because that wouldn't be a very good picture of us saving ourselves. We have other people baptize us because that's the picture, that it's the work that God does to us and in us. It's a picture of God's power. If you have your Bible open to Romans chapter 6, I could read verse 6 to you. So chapter 6, verse 6. We know that our old self, the part of you that had to sin, the part of you that couldn't help but sin, we know that our old self was crucified with him. Who, who's the him there? Jesus. So you imagine your old self, the part of you that has to sin, that can't help but sin, kicking and fighting and biting and being thrown up on the cross and nailed to the cross with Jesus. We know that our old self was crucified with him. Why? What good did that do? In order that the body of sin, the part of us that can't help but sin, the part of us that is a slave to sin, in order that the body of sin might be brought to what? What does it say? I heard it. Jim, say it one more time, real loud. Nothing. How much control does it really have over you? Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Now, what Bill said last night is, we have all the resources we need for life and godliness, but sometimes we don't tap into them. We're still tempted by sin. But what you need to know is if you are born again, if you are in Christ Jesus, if you have been saved, if this picture is true of you, look at me. Sin has no power over you. Because of Christ Jesus, because you have died with him, and been raised with him to newness of life. That's what this picture is. This is 6.6. 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin so that you really can live in newness of life by the power of God. So we're going to do some baptisms. And when we do these baptisms, what we like to do 
is cheer our brains out because of what they mean. Okay, so when, when our candidates um, come up out of the water, the hospital is going to wonder what the cheering is all about. Okay, so we're going to cheer because of what baptism means. It means that they're saying this is what the work God has done in their lives, that they're dead to sin, that they're alive to God by the power of God. So I want to talk about membership, church membership, kind of explain what it is, uh, how we think of it, what, what we say this means um, before, before we bring Vic and Marge into membership. So membership, uh, I, I would like to talk to this about, I'd like to talk to you about this from Romans chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along with me, I'll be in Romans chapter 12. You, know, you kind of have that picture, right, of um, the resurrected body of Christ. Hopefully you still have that in your mind. Because the Apostle Paul is going to tell them, the church in Rome, not to think of themselves too highly. You don't want to think of yourselves too highly. But instead, you want to think of yourselves as part of the resurrected body. And I think part of what he means is don't think of yourselves as free agents Think of yourselves as part of a body. And church membership is a way to know who's in the body and who's not in the body. And so here we are, church membership. For as in one body, so I think he's talking about the resurrected body of Christ, and he's saying this metaphorically, just like your body and my body. For as in one body, we have many members, thinking of this like church membership. For as in one body, we have many members, so the different bodies have many parts. You have fingers and toes and legs and lungs and a heart and blood vessels and joints. And I mean, you have many members. We have many different members here in our body of Christ. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So, of course, kneecaps don't do the same thing as lungs, but they're both important. Taste buds are different than hearing, but they're both important. And members do not all have the same function. We, though many, are one body in Christ. So it's very important that you think of, though there's lots of us, we're all part of the same resurrected body of Christ, that we are one in Christ. So there's different people that do different things, but we're all one in Christ. So what we think of is sometimes we think too individually of ourselves. But he says, you're an individual. But we're individually members of one another. So we belong to each other kind of like the parts of your body belong to each other. So, think of a kneecap sitting on a sidewalk all by itself. Now, that kneecap is free. It's an individual kneecap. It doesn't have a commitment to anything. It doesn't have to go anywhere. It doesn't have to do anything. It can go anywhere and do anything it wants because it's its own kneecap. But I would argue that that kneecap's life is going to be kind of boring and sad and hard, being all by itself. Because kneecaps are made for a body. 
like with Christians, you are made, you are an individual part, like a kneecap. But you're made for something bigger. You're made to be part of something that's bigger than just you. And you're made to be part of the body. And so membership is how we say you're part of our body and we're part of you. You're part of us and we're part of you. So this is, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying church membership is where we say you are a member of Christ. You are in Christ Jesus. We're saying we, this is why we ask, you know, the deacons ask people who candidate or do want to become church members to share their testimony and they kind of interview them and I meet with them or, or one of the other deacons meets with them. We, we hear their story and we say, yep, you are in Christ. You're part of us. You're in Christ with us. It's also where church members say about us, you are part of Christ's body. So it's not that we're the only body of Christ, but we're, we're part of the greater body of Christ. This is the local body of Christ that I belong to. So church membership is where we say to the individual, you're part of us. And the individual says to the church body, I'm part of you. So, Vic and Marge, uh, why don't you guys come on up? I'm looking for the black mic. Okay. Thank you. Careful, careful of the water. I think we got it mostly mopped up, but let's have you stay up here, kind of away from... Uh, which one of you feels the most comfortable talking to a group like this? Neither one. Neither one. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, the question that, that I kind of wanted to hear, um, because they, they have been saved, they kind of told that story to the board, and uh, they've both been baptized by immersion. So the question I wanted them for you to hear is, how did you find us? And what, what kind of drew you to this this, this body uh, of Christ. So, I, I don't know. Uh, you guys can fight over who gets to answer that. But, how do, yeah, you can both answer. That's great. Well, um, we're kind of from a Baptist background, so that was one concern we were looking for. We uh, probably, some of you know, or a lot of you know, are a little bit about our background, but we moved here a little over a year ago. So we're new residents in Allegan area. And so uh, in looking for a new church, we did the normal types of things that we would do. We'd start with a Google search. <laughs> and we found your website. And we also noticed that you had a live uh, presentation on the internet of your services, which was very helpful. Good. Um, so that was our first experience with First Baptist. I just, yeah, pointed at the guys up oh, there, there saying thank there. you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did a real good job. <laughs> um, so we were attracted, uh, I think I mentioned this to you before, that we were really impressed with your style of preaching. Oh, thank you. Uh, that it, uh, 
touched our hearts. Mm. You preach by example. Mm. You preach directly from the Word of God. Mm. And that really is, was important to us. Well, thank you. We did visit a couple other churches in the area before we decided that we would like to be part of this church. And we found that um, the examples that we saw here, uh, the way the mem your members uh, portray the body of Christ, and the way they lived their lives really attracted us, mm. as well as many of Amen. you who reached out to us as, as new people and felt us or made us feel welcome here. Wonderful. So we really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Vic. And you want to add? <laughs> Did you want to add anything? She's not really that shy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so sometimes when I don't have notes in front of me and I'm up in front, I, I blank on stuff. But it's Vic and Marge Peterson, right? right. Okay, I wanted to make sure we got that for the record because somebody likes to keep things straight. Not mentioning any names, but her initials are Linda Evans. <laughs> okay, so we need to uh, call a business meeting to order. So order, we're now in order. And uh, I'd like a first on bringing Vic and Marge Peterson into membership. I heard Stacy Parsons, if you would be like, if you'd like to be second, you gotta shout your name loudest and first. Ready, set, go. Sherry Cooley. Sherry Cooley. I heard Paul Stoffer too. He gets to be third. I'm not sure why, but yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, now we can vote. So all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. So glad you guys are here. Yeah. Welcome. All right, I'd like to invite you guys to head to the back, and then we'll extend them the right hand of fellowship. So if, um, make sure that you uh, welcome them into our church family. After, we sing another song, and then we close in prayer.